there's so much to process. It's like, it's like going to war. I'm not going to be able to process this until the world is somewhat back to normal and I can really sit down and unpack it. Welcome to Finding the Helpers, presented by Playing to Live. I'm Kristen Ramsey. And I'm Alexis DeCosmo. What you're about to hear are the voices and stories of those on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. What they are seeing, what they are feeling as individuals, and how they are coping. That, in combination with some immediate self-care and grounding interventions from the Playing to Live clinical team. Some of what is shared may be hard to hear, so please make sure to take care of yourself. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. And Alexis. And we are really grateful to be back here with you as we continue to find our way through this crisis. This week, we have someone who we actually found through the One World Together at Home concert that aired last week. We were so touched by her story that we contacted her to see if she would help us share it with all of you. Luckily for us, she agreed. Alexis, will you tell us about who we got to speak with this week? Yeah, her name is Felicia Temple. She is an ICE nurse in northern New Jersey, which is in the middle of the biggest COVID-19 hotspot in the world right now. Felicia was born and raised in Teaneck, New Jersey, and has spent years juggling a nursing career with a music career, even landing herself on a spot on season 12 of The Voice. She had recently decided to pursue music full-time when the pandemic broke out. What you will hear today is her abrupt journey back to nursing, what it's like to be an ICU nurse right now, and how she's managing to take care of herself in the face of it all. I am a Teaneck, New Jersey girl. I'm a hometown girl. I grew up there. I went to high school there. From there, I went to nursing school, but I grew up in a super musical family, so I wanted to have two careers, and somehow I finagled being a nurse and being a singer. (laughs) That's awesome. We followed your story and that you had taken a break from nursing to pursue music. Can you tell us a little bit about your music and then your path back to nursing during the pandemic? Sure. So... I um for for about 10 years I have been juggling doing both nursing and music uh but I never really in my eyes gave my music the real chance that it deserved uh because nursing you know medicine can be very demanding and I finally decided if I really really wanted to do this that I had to put my nursing down for a bit so I could really focus uh on touring and doing shows and making music. So I said, all right, I'm gonna put everything down and, and head out towards my dream. And I, I went out, I went on tour. And the next thing I know, I get a phone call that the borders are being closed to the United States and I better get home. And that this pandemic of coronavirus is sweeping the nation. And next thing I know, I am on a plane back home from Brussels and uh, about a week later, I was back at work in the hospital. Culture shock, shell shock. That sounds like such a surreal experience. What, what was that like in the first couple of days of 
coming from Brussels back to New Jersey and jumping back in, what went on for you during that time? Well, when I, uh, when I was on my way home, I said, well, I have a job that I can always go back to. And I said, I'm, I'm sure they're going to need me. I really want to know what's going on there. And when I got home, sure enough, I already had a voicemail from the hospital asking if I could come in or, you know, what my status was, if I was available. And I said, something really bad is going on. And when I walked into the building, they were literally building brand new ICUs. I said, what is happening here? The hospital has been turned upside down. Everyone had on masks. There were all these tubes coming out of the windows for them to make negative pressure rooms. And although it had really just begun at my hospital, I felt like I don't want to leave anyone hanging. And I knew so many people were getting sick from this. I really felt guilty that I was off living my dream and my coworkers were dealing with something really horrible. So I knew I had to roll up my sleeves and get to work. What would you like people to know about what you're doing and what you're witnessing? Well, what I'd like people to know is that I'm seeing so many posts about essential workers, especially healthcare workers, because we are in the hospitals and we are caring for these sick patients. And they're calling us heroes. And I don't feel like a hero per se. I have watched coworkers or myself go to work, save a life. You know, you continue on with your shift, you go home and you go out into the world and you know, you do it because you love it because it's your duty. So I don't feel like a hero or feel like I'm doing anything special or above and beyond. I'm doing what I signed up to do. And I I want people to remember once all this is over that people are working hard like this every day and it's because they love their jobs, not because there's some world health crisis. You know, Felicia, you're not the first uh, healthcare worker who I've heard say that. And I think it's, it's a valid point. I can hear how passionate you are about it. And, and that being said, what are some of the biggest challenges you think to your personal well-being during this pandemic in this very heightened form of nursing? Um, I mean, the most personal challenge is that I can't see my family. I'm very close with my family. I have a big family. And most of them are based in Teaneck. So to go to work every day and go past your family's homes and you can't go by and give them a hug or be in contact with them. My mother is extremely immunocompromised. She's a kidney transplant patient. So I can't go anywhere near her. I'm working with COVID patients. So that's been especially difficult. I've had two deaths in my family from COVID in the past week. I lost two aunts. Um, So it's, hitting me personally it's a lot mentally there is a huge emotional burden on nurses and healthcare providers to be the person that's at the bedside holding someone's hand when they die because they can't be near their family and there's something so so terribly wrong it feels like we have so many rituals around death that I don't even think anyone realized until we couldn't have funerals, until we couldn't have visitors in the hospital. And to stand in for family or to have to call someone, we have iPads in my hospital, thank God that we can call family and they can at least feel like they saw them. I couldn't imagine 
you know, my mom or my dad in the hospital and not being able to see them, especially during their last moments. That's really, really hard. I can hear that. Here you are standing in on an emotional role as well as uh, a safety and health role. And then you're going home and you yourself are losing family members. How do you balance it all? Or do you find that you have tools to balance all these emotional burdens? I even heard you say guilt. I don't really think that, you know, I, I can speak about it and logically say that I know it's emotionally affecting me, but you almost feel a bit of numbness. I think it's your, your body's way of dealing with it when you can't process it in the moment. When I'm there, you're seeing it and you know you feel sadness, but you just, you don't even feel like crying. There's no processing this right now. There's so much happening. There's so much death and having to put people in body bags, having to hold people's hand as they die, not seeing people get better. There's so much to process. It's like, it's like going to war. I'm not going to be able to process this until the world is somewhat back to normal and I can really sit down and unpack it. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, when it comes to trauma and emotional stress like this, there is a time to process and there's just a time where you need to still be functioning to do your job and maybe both can't always coexist at the same time. But I'm wondering right now, while you're still in it about any moments of escape or relief and, and what you're doing for that. Um, funny enough, well, I, I've had a, I've run into a couple issues. Normally I'm a songbird. I cannot stop singing. And I couldn't figure out why this past couple of weeks I've been so hoarse. And then I said, oh, common sense. I am wearing three layers of masks and a face shield in our COVID patients are inside these plexiglass rooms. So when you go inside, if you're speaking to someone outside the glass, you're screaming through layers and layers <laughs> so someone can hear you, so we can hand you supplies and whatnot. So for 13 hours a day, I'm screaming and I come home and I barely have a voice. So I haven't really been able to sing. Uh, so my saving grace has actually been my guitar. Um, I'm really a guitar newbie in my eyes, uh, but I've never had this much time to be home and really sit and play. And I will play for hours. I get lost in my guitar. So it's been, um, it's been a way to decompress for sure. That sounds like a, a beautiful way to do self-care, especially that realization of, oh, that's why my voice is so hoarse. And having to temporarily sacrifice your voice for for your job and for keeping people safe. I'm also super spiritual. So I also, I believe in like chakras and whatnot. And I just feel like this is such an emotional time that I'm having so much trouble communicating the way that I'm feeling. And I feel like my throat chakra is probably blocked. I'm one of those people. So I'm like, my throat chakra is probably blocked. That's why I'm this way. <laughs> I hear you on, on going to that place where your throat chakra is blocked right now. And I think it's, I think it's valid. So I understand. <laughs> Some people are like, huh, what is a throat chakra? But I'm, I'm all the way there. Yeah, no, I'm right next to you. <laughs> You're in good company when it comes to that. <laughs> As we continue to listen to Felicia, we noticed that she highlighted her ability to stand steady in the face of crisis. 
We were curious to learn about what aspects in her life allowed her to do so. I pray often uh, for God to use me. And one day I was walking down the hallway in the hospital, and this is many years ago, and it was like something just clicked that we often ask God to use us, and we think that that means that God is going to put us up on a pedestal, we're going to win all the awards, and then we can tell everybody how great God is because look how great my life is, and that's just not the way it works. Sometimes we ask God to use us, and God will use you for the dirtiest job possible, the most humbling job, the, the stuff that doesn't look good, it doesn't feel good. Sometimes I am cleaning up vomit off the floor. Sometimes I'm taking care of someone with a highly contagious disease. Sometimes I'm putting my own life at risk. But I know that God answers prayers and he's certainly answering mine. So I, I have to just be in agreement and okay with that. I think it, I mean, it's a great protective mechanism because I am seeing a lot of my colleagues having a hard time doing their job, whether it's someone is coding and we're trying to save them. In that moment, I'm just like a robot. Like, what do we have to do? Let's do it next. Let's do the boom, 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 whatever we have to do. And they're just in tears, but I can't even feel that. I feel like if I did not answer my inner call to go back to work, there, there's a blessing in everything. And I'm finding a blessing on the other end of just, you know, being obedient to that call. Excuse me, I get like all spiritual and religious, but that's how I really feel. <laughs> oh my gosh, please be, please be authentic. You're talking about how, you know, you went from being all dolled up to putting your life at risk. I'm curious, we've talked about self-care before and you, you talked about guitar as well as spirituality. Are you finding any challenges to taking care of yourself right now? I would say I feel like I'm actually doing pretty well in taking care of myself. When I got home from uh, overseas, that was the first time that I had been home for a week straight in months. Like I hadn't slept in my own bed, seen my husband. So it has actually been a great time for me to reset. I'm big on like doing all my own personal care anyway. So like to sit and be able to leave deep conditioner in my hair and do my own pedicure, like I'm, I'm all here for that. And it's actually a way lighter schedule for me, even though I'm spending so much time in the hospital. So in my eyes, I actually have so much more time to do the things that make me feel good. Now I wish I could go out and go visit my nieces. Uh, but as far as personal care, self-care, being able to work out and take care of my body, I, I, I've actually had a lot of time for that. So that's a good thing. And I know that not that's not everyone's reality. It's not everybody's reality. And I think that, that hearing about someone whose reality it is, also along the lines of just how you shared about you know, your purpose and your spirituality and how strong that is for you. I think hearing these things can be inspiring to those who are looking for more direction and where to find some grounding in this situation. So I think it's really powerful to share the successes that people are having and taking care of themselves too during such a trying time. With everything that you've shared, there's so much and you've shared so openly and vulnerably 
Is there anything else that you want to share about from your experience, challenges, or insight? I would just like people out there to know that, um, especially during this crisis, I think I've seen a lot of people lose family members in the hospital, and they have major concerns, you know, did my family member die alone? Was anybody there? And it's not just me standing at the bedside. Every death affects every one of us. And we try our very best. I don't think there's any scenario that I can think of that someone would die alone in the hospital. We are there. We're holding their hands. We try to treat everyone as if they're our family. No one is alone. Just hearing that, I, I was listening to you and just absorbed by the image of that because that's something that I, I do hear so much. I noted that in the beginning, you had said that there's a, a discomfort of being called a hero or this huge emphasis because this is your job. I can appreciate that. And at the same time, I, I just want to say thank you. And I, I hope that you can find ways to unblock that throat chakra through all those masks. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> In this part of our podcast, we take inspiration from our interviewees to create easy-to-do self-care activities that any of our listeners can benefit from and use. Felicia's resilience is apparent in her ability to pause the progress of her successful musical career and come back home to jump into the trenches as a nurse, in addition to navigating the grief of losing her own family members. And yet, despite all of this, she is still continuing to prioritize self-care. It is important to know that in the midst of a pandemic, it is okay to still do a good job of taking care of yourself, even in the darkest of times. One of the things that stood out to me the most was when she spoke about how she's coping with being surrounded by so much trauma, death, and sickness, and how she in many ways is compartmentalizing her emotions so that she can be present for the duty she signed up for. It's important for me to honor that this is a huge coping skill for her right now and make sure that we support what feels balanced. We all function differently in times of crises. Some of us are able to compartmentalize and use action and purpose. Others feel a constant expression of those overwhelming feelings. I want to highlight that there is no right way. We just all function differently. What is important is to not let strong emotions control us. Learn how to note them when they are present and make sure that we don't avoid them. The first activity I'm going to talk about is this idea of creating a container for these emotions. And when I talk about a container, I'm actually talking about a physical container. So you can do this by finding a box, a jar, or really anything ideally that has a lid. What you can do is when you feel an emotion or a thought that feels really heavy or just feels like it's not an appropriate time to feel it, you write it down and you put it in the jar. And then after you close that lid, in this way, you're not avoiding the emotion or the thought, but you're actually identifying it. You're taking it outside of your body and then you're putting it in a safe place and your brain actually will know, okay, now it's real and I know I can come back to it when it's a more appropriate time. 
So the second activity that I want to bring up is inspired by Felicia's love for music and sound. This activity uses sound to check in with your body when words don't seem to fit the actual emotion and sensations that you feel. So when you need to check in and check how you are carrying the stress and trauma of the day, start with a soft hum with your eyes closed and listen to how the sound vibrations move through your body. Ask yourself questions like, does this sound shift any feelings? Does it feel different when I focus on different areas? Maybe you need to increase the volume and pitch of the hum to see how each frequency navigates your feelings. The goals of this exercise can be different. Maybe by changing the pitch and sound of the hum, you're able to pinpoint in your body what feels really authentic. Maybe the sound can act as a healing tool or a way to relax areas of tension. It's important to invite curiosity and let judgment roll away. Music and sound can be incredible tools for navigating emotions or for self-soothing in times of stress and trauma. I couldn't agree more. And I'm always an advocate for a containment jar, even not in the time of a pandemic. So I really appreciate that one. Two things that stuck out to me were the idea that she's doing a good job of taking care of herself despite what she sees every day. And again, just like for our last guest, the block that she's feeling in finding words and communicating. I want to start with the first one because my idea for this is pretty simple. Felicia reported liking to do her own pampering at home, but never before actually having the time until quarantine. She's deep conditioning her hair, doing her own nails, spending time with her husband. Because it's the little things that can make a huge difference when the things that are out of your control are so big. Maybe none of what Felicia is doing to feel good are activities that appeal to you. But my suggestion here is to sit down and make a list of a few things that would appeal to you. Are there things you have time for now in quarantine, even if you're working long hours because there are no social commitments? Things that might feel relaxing, small, doable things, but write them down so that when you find those in-between moments that you have time, the decision part is already done for you. I find that by the time I really need some self-care, if I don't already have some concrete ideas of what it will look like, I don't do it. My second activity is based on communication, based loosely on the throat chakra that Felicia was talking about. And for those of you who don't know what a throat chakra is, chakras are thought to be energy points in the body through which life energy flows. They're used a lot in yoga, Ayurvedic practices, Eastern medicine, there are believed to be seven main chakras located along the length of our spine. And while all connected, each chakra is also dedicated to a various aspect of our personality, energy, and life. The throat chakra focuses on clear communication, on authentically expressing your feelings, thoughts, and intentions. When a throat chakra is blocked, it can feel like you can't find your words, or maybe even that you aren't sure what you want to say at all. That's my elevator statement for what a chakra is, but I assure you that you can still try out this exercise even if chakras do not resonate with you. The idea behind this exercise is that trying to break through a hard time communicating or unclear thoughts with just more thinking can be really hard because you're essentially asking the same stuck part of your brain to fix itself without any input from anywhere else. Your hands and breath, however, can be powerful tools in asking other areas of your brain to step in and rescue that stuck part. So this activity will engage both your hands and your breath in a quick combined motion. 
You're gonna begin by interlocking your hands together. Keeping your fingers interlocked, open up your palms so that you can place them flat on your chest just below your collarbone. Leaving your fingers where they are, send your thumbs straight up so that they are resting on your collarbones. And then just breathe. With your hands here, take at least three deep breaths. You can take as many as you want, but I would recommend taking at least three if you wanna try it. You can simply breathe. You can envision sending out the stuck words while you exhale. You can inhale ease to share them if you feel ready for that. You can focus on nothing other than what your hands feel like when connected to your body in this way. There's no wrong way to do this. The breath and the touch will do the work for you. Maybe it will just feel good to take some deep breaths. Maybe you will find some freedom to begin sharing. This activity, however, is not intended to force you to begin communicating things that you're not ready to. If you use this solely to find relief from the tension of stuck words or emotions, just to get you through until a time where it does feel safe to actually express them, that is more than enough. In sticking with the theme of finding ways to cope, we have a special ending this week directly from Felicia herself. As she so clearly explained, music can be a major outlet for self-care, and she shared this with us so that we could pass it on to you in this hard time. You can check out the full version on our blog, as well as a link to the entire album. Here she is to remind you that even when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, everything is going to be all right. the helpers presented by Plain to Live. Don't forget to reach out at info at plaintolive.org with any ideas of what you want to hear, if you want to be a guest, or if you know someone who would. There will be a link to our blog in the description of every episode where you can find more information about our speakers and the activities we suggested. Tune in every Tuesday for a new interview and make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen so you can get up-to-date alerts on what we are doing. And you can find out more about Plain to Live at www.plaintolive.org. And a special thank you to Josh Carter for our theme music. Until next time. 
stay safe out there.